What's up, everybody? On our play for this week, was Switch 2 actually at Gamescom 2023? Under everyone's nose? Sony has increased the prices for all their PS Plus subscription. Is it time to cancel? Oh, no. Does Xbox have something big for Tokyo Game Show 2023? DJ, that is me, has burned Rubicon in Armor Core 6 and saved Zelda in Tears of Kingdom. Find out more. All this and more on Season 7, Episode 35 of Press X Star Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. The Fire of Raven, a.k.a. The Savior of Hyrule. I am joined by... Sean M.F. Ross. Mm, what does the MF stand for? DJ Too Much Spit in Your Mouth. Nah, um, oh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry. I told you that in confidence, Sean. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was I was more thinking disc jockey, not DJ. <laughs> not oh, oh I, I see what you did there. Yes, I also knew that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you know, that, that's us. Now you know who we are. Present Star Gamers Digest is a video podcast and condense the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's important. You'll find out later. Don't forget to support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and the notification bell. If you are listening, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are tuned in on. If you'd like to join our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressx2start.com slash Discord. Thanks in advance. All right. Now that that's all out the way and you know who we are and what this is, let us jump into the gaming news, starting with number one. Nintendo demoed. Switch 2 to developers at Gamescom. This comes from Eurogamer.net by way of Tom Phillips. So, from the article. In Clone last month, Nintendo's public Gamescom show floor booth lets you play Pikmin 4 and Super Mario Kart Deluxe. No, Super Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But behind the scenes, the company had more off their sleeves. Developer presentations for Switch 2 took place behind closed doors. Eurogamer understands with partners shown tech demos for how the system is designed to run. One Switch 2 demo is a souped-up version of Switch launch title Zelda Breath of the Wild, designed to hit Switch 2's beefier target spec. To be clear, though, it is just a tech demo. There's no suggestion that the game will be re-released. Uh, to go beyond this article, I believe they also showed the Matrix tech demo for Unreal 5, and both looked really, really good. Apparently, this... Switch 2 thing has, um, what is it? DS. Well, DLSS. Yes, that's what it is. I was going to say something completely different. Um, so that's good. Like, this is all stuff. This kind of confirms the rumors that we talked about before about how the Switch 2 was supposed to hit like the PS4 slash Xbox One, I guess, tech range. So this kind of lines up with that. This is great. Um, I think this kind of goes back into our conversation a little bit about the last Nintendo Direct. Actually, I didn't put this on the on the on the show notes, but there's supposed to be a rumor that we're getting another Direct this this week coming up. So 
that could actually add more information to this whole switch to thing. Don't know. It'd be kind of early for them to talk about that. Maybe it's yeah, 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 probably. Maybe after Mario Wonder, they start talking about Switch Two. Um, yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on this? Uh, so, um, I'm. I mean, I'm interested in getting this when it comes out. Yeah. I mean, I don't play my Switch religiously anymore like I used to when I first got it. But I mean, I feel like the the quality of their exclusives warrants getting the next Switch console, whatever they may call it. I mean, um. As we were talking about before offcast, yeah, we're getting Super Mario Brothers Wonder in October, I believe it is. Mm. But um if it took them this long, and I'm guessing they took they took elements from a uh, Super Mario Maker one and two, uh, and kind of figured out what people were doing with their, you know, creator levels and what have you. And they came up with this, you know new 2D game. I'm only imagining what they're cooking up for the next 3D thing because Mario Odyssey came out in 2017 and absolutely. What's that? Uh 6 years. Yeah. 6 years before that the last thing we had was a uh, Super Mario World which was 4 years prior oh. to that. Um and then so before it's been that, a really long time since we Yeah, before, before that it was yeah. Super Mario Galaxy. That was 07. That was 6 years, another 6 year gap. Jesus. So, yeah. I would imagine that's the reason why we didn't see a 3D Mario is to not take thunder away from a uh, wonder. And um, as we were trying to guess what they would launch with, because I mean, we, we just got Tears of the Kingdom. So Zelda, a new Zelda game is far, far out of range. So the next yep. logical pillar that would bring everybody on board, because I don't think they could launch with a Pokemon game. That's not going to bring yeah. in yeah. the kids and the adults. Super Mario is universal um i think we're due for that and maybe another uh mario kart game probably like six months to a year after that yeah for sure there's a yeah that's trying to get into this conversation um, um yeah like i i totally agree with that i think mm-hmm. looking at the um nintendo slate of games the only other thing that i could probably think of would be like a donkey kong but i don't even think that has the same reach as mario i mean of course it doesn't but like we might get, I mean, it's possible that we get a Donkey Kong, like, in between Mario Wonder and the new yeah. Switch 2, like, you know, like, sometime next year. But, yeah, I definitely think, like, if you need a heavy hitter to launch with a console, a Nintendo console especially, you go Mario. Like, you, you can't fail with Mario. I don't see any other big uh, first-party bombs dropping on the Switch 1. Uh, unless it's going to be backwards compatible. But, yeah. If it's true that it's going to launch with, I highly doubt it's going to be power comparable to the Xbox Series X and PS5. Absolutely not. I mean, if it's, let's call it PS4 Pro, maybe, Xbox One X uh, level of power, I I wouldn't complain. I mean, they're never trying to be, they stopped trying to be on the power curve with Sony and Microsoft way back with the GameCube. So, yep, yep. Um, They're they're just going to do their own thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think like they're not even worried about like having their console being having their new their new console being compared to yeah. the PS5 and, and Xbox Series platforms. I think for sure they're just making sure that they have a more powerful console to run yeah. their games and hopefully avoid like the 
Um, <clears throat> we got a uh, comments in the chat about what we're talking too long. Hey, look, this is what you come for. You come here. You come here for us to talk about games. That's what we do. You come for us to talk or to hear a strip. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely, um, I definitely agree that this this has to be a, a Mario. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Number two, new interview with Zelda boss suggests that there's no plans for Tears of the Kingdom DLC. This comes from Nintendo Life. I'm just going to jump to the end. I totally agree. That is okay. The, this article comes by way of Jim Norman. So the actual quote from Anuma reads, there are no plans to release additional content this time, but that's because I feel like we've done everything we can to create, to create fun in that world. In the first place, the reason I decided to make this sequel, to make a sequel, make this sequel, nope, there's an A in there, make this a sequel to the previous work was because I thought there was more, Let's just reset. You know, let's just let's just start the whole week over. It'll be okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I decided to make this a sequel to the previous work because I thought there was value in experiencing a new game in that Hyrule place. If that's the case, if a new reason arises, we might return to the same world again. Whether it's a sequel or a new work, I think it's going to be a completely new game. So I hope you are looking forward to that. So essentially, Anuma is saying, yeah, we, we've put all the ideas in Tears of the King that we can, and we're pretty much done with this world. We're done with this version of Zelda. Hell and, yeah. and yeah, and it's like, I totally, I'm okay. As I said in, in the start of this um, cast, I just beat Tears of the Kingdom, and like the way that game ends is just like perfect. Sort of perfect, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, like, and I look back at Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I didn't beat that. Sure? I don't think. Yeah, at this point, I feel like it's too late. I, I just, it's too, I, anyways. Like, I feel like there probably wasn't a sequel in mind at that time. Mm -hmm. And the reason why a sequel was even thought about was because of all the people, um, playing around in that physics engine and doing different things. And that probably sparked an idea from a Numa and team for them to be like, oh, we should actually use this stuff and make a sequel. Like it, it could be very, very beneficial for us. And that's what he did. So I think like he's like leaving space that, you know, if there's ideas that come from whatever time passes between now and the next Link or Zelda game, it could be Tears of the Kingdom 2 or it could be something, you know, Here's the thing. They have so many things going on in Tears of the Kingdom. What yes. could you add as DLC at this point? That's that's my thing. Like, that, that wouldn't break the game. Like nothing, nothing. You you there's there's essentially in my mind, there's nothing that they can add other than like improving the actual combat. And it's just like I just just make a new game that has improved combat like treat combat for, for Link a little differently or something. Like, give him a bit more features or whatever. But, like, yeah. Got me. Got me. Uh, I just know the next uh, Zelda game is going to have all the people who jumped on for the first time with uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Like, where is this mechanic? It was better when they yep. had this, you know. Where is yep. it? Why does he? They may yep. not uh, understand the whole. Yeah. Actually, 
now that you say that, I I would imagine the next uh, Zelda game will probably not look like Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Although, actually, no, because they did say that when 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 Tears of the Kingdom launched, they said that oh, this is going to be the new format for Zelda mm-hmm. going forward. So, yeah, whatever they can they can easily just lie to our face. Yeah, they've done that before. That's oh, that's not nothing new. All right, number three, time to cancel PlayStation Plus as Sony quietly raises prices through the roof. That specifically comes from Forbes. Um, we're not really gonna jump to that article because really and truly, we just I just wanted to read that headline. Here's so the actual there's <laughs> a thing. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. First of all, go ahead and read off the prices. Okay. So the actual prices that the 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 new prices, I should say, are for PlayStation Plus Essential, the 12-month subscription will now be $79.99. Uh that is a $40 increase, I believe. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what. Yeah, 20. 20? Okay, okay. It used to be 60. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra is now $134.99, which... It, it used to be $100. $99.99, yeah. whatever. So they had $35. Right. Uh, and then PlayStation Plus Premium is now $159.99, basically $160. It used so, to be $120. Yeah. Yeah. So... Pretty much a $40 price increase for these subscription plans. Uh, The other thing to note about this is when this was actually uh, told to us by PlayStation, it was through their blog, was for September, talking about the September PlayStation Plus games. And the games (laughs) that was paired with this announcement was pretty much just not not a yeah. not a good showing <laughs> from PlayStation in terms of hey look these are games that you want to spend your money on. So first up you have Saints Rose and if you remember the last Saints Rose game which is the game that you're getting right now mm-hmm. is did not do well at all in any respect. Uh then you get Black Desert the Travelers edition which Oh wow. Yeah, it's it's cool, but Black Desert is already a free to play game. So the Traveler's Edition is just like, like the like a little pack that you get, but you're still going to end up having to pay money eventually. Um, and then Generation Zero, which is a game that we saw some years ago and kind of just dropped off the face of the map. So if you remember that game, you were excited for that game, and if you have PlayStation Plus, it's all you. It's all you, buddy. You might be the only one in that lobby. Um, so yeah, overall, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, John. I was gonna go say, ahead. here's the thing. Yes, they raised the prices. Mm-hmm. It is arguable that uh, Game Pass is quote unquote the best deal in gaming. I will give mm-hmm. that to whoever. Um, value is relative. Value is subjective. Um, Game Pass Ultimate, which I guess most people have is $16.99 a month. Multiply that times 12 is still more expensive than the PS Plus premium, whatever the hell it was, you know, top tier, which comes out to like $200, $203 for the year. Granted, you could get normal Game Pass just for console, and it's only $10.99 a year, which is, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, $10.99 a month, 
which uh, comes out to 131 and some change. Mm-hmm. Yes, you still get Starfield with the base Game Pass tier, you know. You still get your day one exclusives for the time being. Um, access to those. Once again, value is still subjective. Um, yeah. It, like, is there anything you see on... You know what? I'm not even going to say that about Xbox. I'm going to say, is there anything that you see on Game Pass that you want to play? But we're not going to go down that road. Uh, we we wax poetic with that shit with uh, Jordan mm-hmm. uh, many, many times. Um, as... What was this? Paul Tassi who said this? Oh, uh, Eric Kane. It was Eric Kane who did yeah. this. Um, yes. Unfortunately, at some point, they probably had to do this. You, we couldn't keep getting cheap things for long. Netflix raised their uh, subscription price, or they're adding ads to the cheaper uh, cheaper subscription tiers. Uh, I, I don't know what's the last place to do it. I think Disney Plus is raising their stuff at some point. Like, well, specifically right. on, on PlayStation, they're mm-hmm. saying, uh, so this is from the blog post, mm-hmm. uh, we also want to let you know that starting September 6th, we'll be increasing the price of PlayStation Plus 12-month subscription globally across all benefit uh, benefit plans. Uh, this price adjustment will enable us to continue bringing high-quality games and value-added benefits to your PlayStation Plus subscription service. I think that's where, it, for me anyways, that's where it gets kind of weird because it's like, all right, well, high-quality games, sure, I understand that. But value-added yeah. benefits, it's like, okay, what? what is the actual... They what should have announced more tangible things along with this price increase, or at least yeah. waited till they had a better month of games, uh, you know, to announce this with. So, I mean, this yeah. does feel crummy in a fall season. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, again, the, just to go back to what you're saying, like, it, it, for me, this seems like they are biting the bullet right now, knowing that when Spider-Man 2 comes out, it's going to be such a big hit that people are going to buy this game. People are going to sign up for PlayStation Plus because, you know, inevitably, that is just what you do when you buy a console. Like, you look at the subscription plan, like, oh, these are a bunch of games. Sure, I'll sign up. Yeah. Oh, it's now, a hun- or it's not even now. It's like, oh, it's a hundred and something dollars. All right, sure. I'll, I'll give it a shot for a month, and then they forget about it, and then boom, they're yeah. getting money from that. So it's like, I, I get it from the business side, but yeah, as, as a consumer, just doesn't this doesn't feel good especially especially knowing that like playstation we really haven't seen too much from their first party studios like the thing we're getting this year is spider-man 2 but beyond that really and truly final fantasy 16 was the last like exclusive that playstation got it's really just been coasting essentially so it's like give us a showcase sony it's crazy how quickly we consume games now because years past we would have eaten with Final Fantasy for months. We would have eaten with you know Street Fighter for months, Spider Man for months. Now it's people are trying to rush to get through this shit in a weekend and platinum it mm-hmm. and on to the next. We have mm-hmm. Yes, they raised the price, but I mean they have a a truckload of good shit to play on there and that's true. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. For, for people to say it's not worth it is, I mean, that's subjective. I think that's exactly. the only thing is people make it seem like that's just that's just a definitive fact that it's yeah. not worth it at all to anybody. 
And I mean, I, I I will before we move on. I will say that like I think the conversation about this kind of kind of ekes back to like, oh, they're raising their price. Like it's not worth it, but. They kind of they kind of say that in the same way as like if Game Pass would release or increase their price and say like it's not yeah. worth it. It's like all right, guys, like apples apples to apples. There are better games on PlayStation Plus than there are Game Pass right that now. You have all of their single player exclusives as a backlog that you can go yeah, to. Exactly. If you're only buying Game Pass to play exclusives on day one that come out far and few between, you're really spending more money in the long run versus just purchasing starfield and i don't even know the last major exclusive they had forza uh the last major exclusive they had yes that was successful was forza because halo was free um yeah could you imagine being pissed off if people bought redfall on day one without game pass i mean once again value is subjective yeah but we need to hear whatever wasn't a good game So yeah, it, it it's definitely a thing of like this sucks, but it just could be a thing of PlayStation know that whoever leaves their market or whoever leaves the the subscription yeah. plan, it's not going to necessarily affect them too much because one they'll be making extra money off of everyone who stays. They've done and, the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and like more than likely this this whole announcement is uh, in the blog post, it was buried under the free games. Like it's being talked about, but it's not being like yeah. publicized. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that price increase goes to the budget for licensing better games. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, they Sony as a whole may be making, let's say, three billion last year. All of that doesn't go into one bucket to be spent by, you know, a one specific arm of the company. Everything is right. sectioned out and what have you. But yeah. Jim needs to buy his shirts. Where's he getting that money from, guys? Us. Us. Next story. Sir. Next story. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into uh, Reed Pop and the ESA having a little uh, trouble in a relationship. Hey. Hey, you. How you doing? Subscribe. Do it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Just subscribe. No, I should tell you what to do because that's proper manners. All right. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. Uh, beyond that, you can join our Discord at pressxmercedes.com slash Discord. Beyond that, if you are listening, shame on you to be watching. Uh, but if you are listening, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you are currently tuned in on. And after that, you can get back to the show. All right. Number four. Repop and ESA part ways over E3. This comes from GameIndustry.biz. Uh, where is this one? Right there. All right. So this comes by way of Christopher Dring. So yeah, this this is this sucks for ESA for E3, but everyone else is kind of like, yeah, we kind of figured this was going to happen. Right. So PAX organizer Reed Pop will not be working on future E3 events. The company and the ESA have announced. The ESA has also informed the Los Angeles Convention Center which is a traditional home of E3 that it will not be putting on a show on. They'll not be putting a show on there. Not be putting on a show on there. Anyways, there will be no show in 2024. The ESA has not canceled plans for a 2024 event, 
But if one was to go ahead, it won't take place at that venue. GameIndustry.biz understands that the trade booth, the trade body is also working on a complete reinvention for E3, for the E3 show for 2025. ReadPop, which is also the parent company of GameIndustry.biz, has signed a multi-year deal for E3 in 2023. However, the first effort to relaunch the event failed to get off the ground, and the plan for 2023 show was canceled. The decision to end the relationship was a mutual decision. So, yeah, I mean, this is. I would say bring it over to DC, but I don't want all that traffic over here. (laughs) I I mean, I would love it. I I think that would be a great idea. Bring it to the DC Convention Center. Come on, like we need an E3. We need some kind of big gaming thing. Do it. Do it, ESA. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but just do it anyway. Like this is. Mm-hmm. I'm left. Um, what's the word? Nonchalant about this. It's like, all right, we kind of figure that the read pop thing didn't work, seeing how they canceled the this year's E3, mm-hmm. and of course, Jeff Keighley's out there crushing it. I think when this was uh, posted, Jeff Keighley made a um, tweet about. You can expect uh, Summer Games Fest next year, 2024, at, at next time, and so on and so forth. And it's just like, hey, man, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Like, yeah. I mean, but then again, like, it's like, I feel like he's going to keep doing this until E3 is officially dead. In, in the, the ground. ground. Yeah. So it's just I like. Mean, what did they do to him for him to be doing these victory laps and gloating like this? I, I, I wonder. <laughs> like, Whatever that conversation was. Are we going to oh see like a, a, a documentary on Netflix like two, three years from now? Like the, the life and death of E3? <laughs> yeah. I'm, curi- I'm curious to see what's going on behind the scenes, why they can't get their stuff together. Yeah. I mean, and this is pure speculation, but I, I figure it's just a old company mm-hmm. Just not being flexible enough to move um, in the current industry. Yeah, the like them talking about Netflix type shit. Yeah, like them talking about a reinvention for E3 Show 2025. I definitely think it's gonna be a digital thing. Like it's either gonna be a digital thing or they're gonna yeah. try to do like a PAX type of event where it is like more player focused because that's what they were trying to do before. Yeah, they were trying to come. Com- uh, they're trying to blend the like industry people with the fans and stuff and it just didn't really work out so i feel like digital is probably the best way for them to go in it that would also probably save them a lot of money and i, I think mean i get it why would the gaming companies the publishers and all that want to pay exactly pay for uh you know floor space which was hell expensive and <clears throat> you're fighting for eyes Everybody's being shown stuff at the same time. Yeah, they had they are uh, separate, you know, secret meetings to show off things in like other rooms. But I mean, at this point, with Jeff Keighley, he's getting his money from the advertisers. They're showing their stuff. I'm not gonna say for free, but um, mm-hmm. they're working up something where it's more financially viable with Jeff Keighley. So yep. Uh, yeah. Yes, they got to figure out something. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Like I think the 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 key behind Jeff Keighley's stuff and why it's so why it works so well is that he's not he's asking for different parts of 
PlayStation, different parts of Xbox to show at his thing. Yeah. Whereas E3, they were like, okay, PlayStation, you put on a show. Ubisoft, you put on a show. Xbox, you put on a show. And this is when you guys are going to put on the show. So yeah. it became a thing of like, all right, well, now we got to figure out all these extra things instead of having our developers continue working on the games. And it's like, I I get. Yeah, then they were pulling out vertical slices for the uh, journalists to play and all that stuff. Yeah, that takes yeah. more time. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, there's definitely a benefit to that because even in the summer game fest and in that whole showing, they had people, they had like demos and stuff for games that you, that the, the journalists and stuff could play. But I don't know. I just, I just figure that Jeff just probably has a different formula that is just working a lot better than whatever ESA could come up with. So. Yep, that's that. I guess we'll see in 2025 what ESA has for us. But what Starfield has for its play... I don't know, it's a bad transition. Whatever. So, Starfield hits 1 million current players. This comes from Phil Spencer's tweet. Twitter? Tweet? X? X? Phil Spencer's X? give it to you. Yeah, that's still a really just dumb thing. Anyways, Starfield exceeds 1 million concurrent players across all platforms. Thanks to all the players who helped us reach the great milestone, and congrats to the Bethesda studio. No, no, Bethesda game works too. PlayStation anyway, is better. So no, um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm actually glad for them because um, they needed they needed this. Um, Absolutely, yeah. competition. A healthy competition is good for the devs and you know the consumer because steel sharpens steel, as they say. Whatever you know. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I just wish uh Sony didn't try to make it exclusive. Uh, maybe we'd be able to play it. You know, <laughs> Microsoft wouldn't yeah. pull the trigger. Just bought the whole goddamn studio. But then so, again, but then again, it would have released last year, and it would have been as good a game as it is now. So I mean, that's exactly where I'm at. I, I feel like if if this if the if Starfield released in the Bethesda being a third party situation, yeah. I think it would have either probably still been delayed and probably came out more buggy versus what we have now. Like I, I just think like this is probably the best scenario. But people for... don't mind the bugs, so I don't think that would have been a detriment necessarily. Let's... People don't mind the bugs, but the reviewers are going to mind the bugs. <laughs> I mean, they just take like, that with that. That's you know, but that's, that's, that's just a thing. Stuff. Yeah, that's just a thing. You just accept yeah. when you play these type of games. Um, yeah, I wonder what they spent the year polishing and what they spent the year fixing. Probably bug fixing. Like, if I were to guess, it was bug fixing. Because, like, the fact that you're dealing with a procedurally gen- generated world, like you're dealing with a lot of variables that you can't necessarily test Plan. a lot of the times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like they probably polished it as much as they could. But like, man, I, I wish we had uh Jordan on now to talk about this. But like um we don't have an extra to, hour DJ. You're right, you're right. Listening to um some of the like chatter now that's coming from Starfield, like people are kind of running into problems with either like different bugs that are happening, like things yeah. are just spazzing out, but on the flip side, people are also not necessarily jiving with the story or like they feel like it's kind of weak or the writing's not good and basically yeah. just running in a lot of the issues. 
I, I feel like part of this happens because Boulder Gate hit when it did. And Boulder Gate is just Boulder Gate three is just so good in terms of yeah. its writing and like its character work. So a lot of people are unfortunately comparing Starfield with Boulder Gate. And it's like they're both RPGs, but they're different RPGs. So it's just like I've uh, heard the comparison of a. Uh... Although you can choose different things in Starfield, you still know the outcome of what you're choosing, what it's going to yeah. be. With Baldur's Gate, there's a ton of different solutions to things, and you don't know where it's going to end up down the road. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, there, there's, yeah. And I, I think that is ultimately, I mean, it's kind I don't want to say it's unfair to Bethesda, but mm-hmm. it's like, they didn't plan for that. Like they, I think in in their minds when they were making this game or whatever, they didn't imagine that this game would be compared to Baldur's Gate because it's just like, well, it's a different RPG. Like it's we're we're doing like an action like Western RPG where you're fighting in space, and Baldur's Gate is a like D and high fantasy, yeah, high fantasy like CRPG, which is like computer RPG, and it's just like. Why is this comparison being made, guys? <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. Larry, Larian did a bang up job. Unfortunately, they did. Uh, well, not they unfortunately, did. but um, I think they were able to polish more things just because it was an early access. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, totally agree. Um, but yeah, like overall, still like great job, but that's the great job for getting the one million concurrent players. And this this tweet was <laughs> tweeted. Uh, September 6th. So today's the 10th, so that was four days ago. So hopefully they're still there. Hopefully they're hovering around there at some point. Or some... some yeah, I, I've, I've yeah. heard this game will be memeable for the next decade, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, like, because it's being a Bethesda game, they're going to support this for the long haul, so it's only going to get better in the future. Yeah, I thought Skyrim got re-released a few times. <laughs> Uh, you wait for the Starfield on your um, Google Home. All right. Number seven. Xbox Digital Broadcast at TGS, that is Tokyo Game Show 2023, is set for September 21. This is from Gamatsu by way of what website is loading? Sal Romano. Uh, Sal Romano. Yeah, there we go. So, okay. Microsoft will host the Xbox Digital Broadcast at Tokyo Game Show 2023 on September 21 at 2 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which Damn. is the best standard time, and 18... What? Japan Standard <laughs> GST, Time, I, you yeah. That's 6 know, o'clock Japan Standard Time. <laughs> there you go. Look at him doing the math that he needs to do because <sighs> I just couldn't do it in my head while speaking. It. <laughs> All right. Uh, the broadcast will share progress updates on games from Xbox Game Studio and Bethesda Softworks, which is very interesting, uh, as well as a cre- creatively diverse collection of games from creators predominantly located in Japan and Asia. The announcements of new games coming to Xbox. Oh, and announcements of new games coming to Xbox. So, this um, has the potential of being. Yeah a really interesting show for Xbox. But I think that might be that might be being a little bit too optimistic of what the actual showing will be. 
Um, so I'm thinking they're gonna show Avowed, or is Avowed out already? No, it's not out yet. Okay, so I'm thinking they're gonna probably show Avowed. I'm looking at like upcoming games. Mm-hmm. Uh Outer Worlds 2, Gears 5, uh Senuous Hellblade 2, Senuous Saga. Um So Hellblade got delayed to next again? year. So yeah, it got delayed to next year. It, it, it's well, not, not again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, Ark. Oh, they're not going to show Ark. See, like this is where I get this. Is, this, is, this is where it's interesting because I think mm-hmm. for sure they probably because sh- uh, like does Starfield really play to that audience? Maybe. Why? Why would it need to play to that audience? Because like because like the the, the Japanese gamer is like very different in terms of what appeals to them, like. That audience oh. is more of a mobile audience. So it's just like Starfield being this vast, like open. Well, I guess if they pair with xCloud, that could be a way of like getting in. While it is the. What you call it? Uh, Tokyo Game Show? TGS Tokyo Game Show. Um, <clears throat> I could see if this was 92, 93, and we didn't really have the internet, they would be showing Japanese. Uh, you know, things that are geared more towards that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a what's the word I'm looking for? Like globalized world. Yeah, like everybody's gonna be watching this. It's not just people in that region. True. So they may not lead with things like Avowed and Outer Wilds Worlds to you know things like that. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna see everything. They don't. They can't afford to be holding back games just because they think this specific region isn't gonna like it. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's gonna be like holding back games. I just feel yeah. like they might have to. They might have to edit their lineup to more so appeal to this audience because, like, if they just show the like the the avowed stuff that we saw before, like a lot of it would just be. I can imagine that might be sort of a update conference or update showcase from what we got from game show. No, not game show. Uh, Gamescom. Yeah. So in terms of new stuff, I feel like they have the potential of leaning on their, what their, their Japanese and Asian partners more so to like appeal to the audience. Cause like really and truly if they, if they go with their like standard showcase or whatever, they're probably not going to see any additional subscribers because those people, as you said, has already saw the stuff from Gamescom and Starfield's out. So like if they wanted to play that game, they'd probably already play that game. Like it's not going to be new to them to be like, oh, that's interesting. Let me try this out. So like that's why I'm kind of like they would have to show something that'd be like, oh, that's that's interesting. I didn't know. Genshin Impact is, is on Xbox. I'll let me get an Xbox now or whatever. Or let me get Game Pass. Like I think like it'd be something like that. But um, I put in the show notes like it's possible that we could get Final Fantasy VII remake finally on Xbox. Like, because yeah. well, Final Fantasy sixteen is exclusive for PlayStation, but yeah. that I think that was a timed exclusive, and it's been a couple months since uh. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 is released, so it's possible it was like a couple months exclusive versus the year-long exclusive or years-long exclusive that uh, Sony and and PlayStation 
uh, signed. So I don't know. I, I, me, I'm just speculating right now. But yeah, like for them to say that they're going to show a TGS has me thinking like, okay, they have, they must have something to show that's going to be something impressive enough to be like, oh, okay, so they're they really are trying to appeal to that market. But mm. yeah, I don't know. All right, number eight. That TMNT movie was so successful. It's getting a video game sequel. This comes from Kotaku by way of, thing is loading, by way of Isaiah Colbert. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are in the midst of a comeback of sorts, or at least a little renaissance. Nickelodeon's big summer animated film, TMNT Mutant Mayhem, is getting a video game tie-in set in the movie's universe that promises to combine the film's bold, painterly art style with a funny story and enigmatic, energetic, 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 ninja team. There we go. Saying the wrong word. All right. Not much has been revealed about the upcoming TMNT game aside from the players taking control of the turtles interacting with the movie characters like Rocksteady as they take on a new mutant threat in New York after the events of the movie, according to IGN. We don't know the developers behind the game yet. We do know that the game is being published by Outright Games. The same publisher behind licensed games like Peppa Pig, <laughs> World Adventures, Transformers Battlegrounds, and Ben 10 Power Trip. The TM no, no, there's a period there. The TMT game will come out in 2024 on unspecified consoles and PC. Um, so I'm looking at those games that they published before, and I'm thinking this ain't gonna be uh, yeah. <laughs> this ain't gonna be for the older crowd, and they're gonna play it and be like, what is this crap? Um, I'm curious how quickly they're gonna push this game out uh, to capitalize. Like this, this they it had to be in pre-production already to kind of try to capitalize on the movie. Unless I, I don't know, it's gonna come out. Yeah, it looks like they're I... working on a uh, series as well for Paramount Plus. Who uh, who the hell subscribed to that? I don't know, but um, they're working on a sequel film as well as the game and a two season series. So. Maybe the game will come out around the time of the next film or the series. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm about to just. I'm about to just show this gameplay for Peppa Pig World Adventures because. Hey man, it is. It is very important that we set our expectations for this game because I think when I first saw this headline, I was like, "Oh snap, it's going to be great," and then looking at this, I'm like. Oh snap! It's gonna be moving characters on screen. <laughs> so okay, let's play this bad boy. So yeah, so this is Peppa Pig World Adventures, guys. Um, we we need to set our expectations really low for this game, like really, really low. Don't set any expectations. Don't even look <laughs> its direction when it releases. It's it's not for you. <laughs> It's definitely not going to be uh, For anybody interested in this, they need to be waiting for the last Ronin video game. And even then, <laughs> yeah, right. that's being put out by Nickelodeon. I doubt that's going to be a uh, Ghost of Shishima style. I'm not expecting much from that either. So, Yeah. Uh, just just leave yeah. it in the past. 
You're right about that. You're right about that. Speaking of past, let's leave that one in the past and get into our next uh, thing, thingy thing, which is YouTube is testing bite-sized games on desktop and mobile. This comes from Engadget. By so I've been testing Wayne. this. No, I'm joking. Oh, we're, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would have believed you. All right. I would have just completely believed you. <laughs> uh, so this article is by Lawrence uh, Lawrence Bonk. That's a cool mm-hmm. name, Bonk. Um, YouTube is launching an in-app platform for bite-sized games, adding to the ways you can interact with content on the popular video, video service. Sadly, this is no full-fledged cloud gaming experience. Think of it more like mini clip living inside the social video site. This is an experimental offering and as such only available to select participants or beta testers. How to know you've been chosen. Open up YouTube app and look for a playable tag alongside content on the home feed. For the lucky few, games work on both desktop and website or uh, desktop website and mobile devices. So yeah, so there's no published list for these games. Um, what they have found is that there is right now a game called Stack Bounce, which is also found on Google's Game Snack service. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is interesting. Is this Sean? Is this a way of Google trying to salvage whatever they can from Stadia? Nah, this is something different. Um, you think issue so? With Google. And a lot of other tech companies, Google specifically, though, is um the way to move upward. Your upward mobility in that company is tied to generating fresh new ideas, mm. not fixing and refining the old stuff. Yeah. And they don't have a unified vision or I don't know about mission statement. They don't have a unified, you know, mission for the company. They just got rid of something nest related and they're shutting down like the services for uh i want to say nest secure so there's something but basically one person may be in charge and they be like "Ooh, i like this thing they'll buy a company or they'll come out with you know whatever type of service mm-hmm. they may get promoted or leave to a next you know a next company and then somebody else may come in and they don't care about that thing, so they pull resources from it, and it just goes to the wayside. Right. If it's not search YouTube uh, uh, maps or Gmail, like a uh, big like temple. Yeah, they don't give too much of a damn. Let me see. Yeah, search YouTube maps, Gmail, Google Drive, and photos in the Play Store. That's that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is interesting. This is interesting in that YouTube is adding another pillar to their giant video platform. And it's like, okay, if it works, cool. But you know, this this isn't I don't I don't look at this and be like, oh, this is gonna be a new platform for gamers to play games. I think I think this is just gonna be a side thing while you're watching a stream of I don't know, Westy play DMZ or something. So I, I definitely don't see it as like it being that much of a disruptor for yeah. the, you know, the industry. So yeah, we'll uh we'll see. All right. Um I think that's it for the game news. We can we can now jump into what we have been playing. All right, Sean. 
What have you been playing? Yeah. Um, I've been dabbling in Apex. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing really new there. Just I've given DMZ a break because it just ain't fun no more. Um, that game has turned super toxic. It has turned into... And I mean, we've been complaining about this for a while now. Just six-man mm-hmm. squads, roving death squads, and... They just talk trash, call you all types of slurs, and act like they're better than you because they ganged up on you, you know, in a tank. It it is what it is. So, I mean, I've kind of gotten yeah. off of that. I've jumped back into Final Fantasy 16, and man, the way I almost say the way that they talk to black people in a game, but it's not black people. It's branded, aka yeah. bearers. They they talk to <laughs> yes. them like uh, it's, it's seventeen fifty or you know, I don't know. <laughs> We're here at 1776, so let's let's call it 1850. Like, just... Oh, it is disgusting, and I'm surprised uh, Clive hasn't just backhanded a few of the people in there talking to him crazy, treating him like he's a, a regular slave. Don't they know he's Django? Bro. He's... <laughs> it is. It is wild. Like, it is... Yeah. Like, I, I, I still have... I still remember my time playing that game, and it's very much just like... Jesus, guys! Like, come on now. <laughs> this isn't. Um, yeah. Square said they weren't going to put any black people in the game, but by golly, they really did. <laughs> they did. They said we're not going to put any black people in the game, guys. But uh, if you want, if you want <laughs> oppression and discrimination, <laughs> we still know how to serve it up fresh. <laughs> we got you guys. <laughs> Oh yeah. But I mean, um, um, um I, I, I just got Efreet, and I mean, I'm just, I'm just working my way through the games. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that. What you been playing? So, I have two big, actually, three things, but mainly, mainly two big things. I have beat Armor Core Six, my guys. I've done it. I have become, well, I guess, started the fires of Raven. This. What? This Explain game. That. So, the game is called Armor Core Six Fires of Rubicon, and it's just like, all right, well, what's that? What's that? Fires of Rubicon? What's that? What's that mean? And okay, uh, do I want to spoil it? Is it that big of a spoiler? Nah, to don't spoil it. Then. Don't spoil it. You could. So I... If you want spoilers, join the Discord. He can tell you later. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I will say that, like. And okay, so I'm gonna go in review mode. I totally, totally, totally love this game. It was, it was a very, very hard experience. Um, I will probably say that this is probably the hardest game that I've played and beat to date. I'm trying to make sure that is that's harder than Elden Ring. Statement. Yeah. Oh yeah. For oh, absolutely. Like Elden Ring. I, I will say the one thing. Like Avery say, like um, Elden Ring is not hard. It's just you have to figure out, uh, yeah, like a thing that works for you and do that. And it's like, totally get it. Because my my ding for Elden Ring was always like, the combat does not feel that involved. It doesn't feel that engaging. Like the parry windows are just completely Unforgiving. asinine. Yeah, and it's just like, the guys wind up for like four minutes and then they attack you and do like 80% of your health. And you're just like, there's no way I was supposed to dodge that other than knowing the exact time the pairing. It's like, that's not intuitive. Like, nothing about this game is intuitive. And I think 
jumping from that into Armor Core and like just having my baseline knowledge of Armor Core helped to some point. But like a lot of it was like learning the timing and stuff. And I will say like the timing window and all that stuff was very easy to pick up, very easy to learn and understand like, all right, well, this is what I need to do. And I think making making the game teach you how to play and then pairing that with having the ability to uh, to tweak your your armor core after you die at a checkpoint. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a perfect match of just like figuring out a build that works for you and then like using that build and actually conquering whatever boss you're fighting. I think I wonder if I can play the uh the trial curious. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I would recommend if you can trying this game, like if you have any interest in it, pick it up because I think it is definitely worth the at least to me, I think it's definitely mm-hmm. worth the going through the process of like fighting a boss over and over and over again and like learning how the boss works and just like conquering it. Uh, Story-wise, I was very, very, very surprised with how impactful the story was and how like invested I became with the characters. Mind you, this is a game where you see no faces at all. This is a game where you only, you only listen to characters by way of um, uh, like comps and stuff. Yeah. So there was a point where something happens and you get introduced to this character and you're kind of with this character for a majority of the game. And like there's a part in the game, like so there's like three parts where you get to make a decision in terms of you pick a mission to do and that will influence what happens in the future. There was I made a decision early on and I was like, oh, that was I was weird. I don't know what's going to happen here. And it's kind of progressed. And then I had another decision like near the end of the game. And I literally had to put the game down and be like, nah, I, I honestly cannot pick between these two missions because both of these characters are important to me. And I'm just like, I don't know what I want to do. Did you so just roll the dice? I, I, no, I just slept on it. I literally slept on it. So the next day I woke up and I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick option, option one. And literally at the start of the match, one of the characters is like, so you've made your decision. And that was the last I heard from that person. I was like, ah, oh, dang. You so like that. I played, I beat that mission. And then the next mission, essentially, I had to go, um, I had to go meet that person that I um, basically was like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go your route. Sorry. And that was, that was like, the hardest fight. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to post a video because that's going to be a spoiler. Yeah. But like that was the hardest fight. Like I literally felt like I was Krillin fighting Goku at like after he just figured out Super Saiyan, and it's, it's just, just like. <laughs> I was just like, I don't even know what to do with this, but like. The the character was was so fast and like their strategy was basically to boost behind you and then do like a melee attack. And it was like I you at that point, like you've never run into like an enemy that does that. Like you you have to just kind of think on your feet. You have to like sense when the attack's gonna be coming it's gonna happen. You have to dodge and like basically just be as quick as you can and like figure out what's happening and adjust to that. Yeah. But the game is just it's just great in that level. Like, if I were to 
if I were to have any complaints for my time with Armor Core 6, I think I wish that there was more parts. Mm. Because that was that that was one big thing that Armor Core really, really, really like played up on was like you, there's a number of like different parts you can put on your 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 AC and like you have a bunch of different options you can do. And I feel like it seems like this feels like a reboot of the franchise, but not mm-hmm. just from a story and game standpoint, but also from a part standpoint. So it there's a lot of parts, but you you get them, you get like a good number of parts in your first playthrough, and then you get more parts after you beat New Game Plus, and you get more parts after you beat New Game Plus Plus. So you Here's have to thing. beat this game three times essentially to get out all the parts. You gonna do that? I think so. Yeah, I was gonna say here's the thing with more parts and all that. um, As games get uh, better, as far as you know, graphic wise, graphical fidelity, Mm -hmm. they have to simplify things like what you want. Otherwise, we're gonna have games like uh, I'm looking at Starfield. Apparently, it was a a eight year development time. Uh, GTA Six. Yeah, ten year yeah. development time. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long they took to make this, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I I yeah, totally it, agree. It would have been. And then the other the other downside about that is, yeah, because they're because this is a FromSoft uh, game, and the way they structure their multiplayer is just kind of mm-hmm. like, hey, look, you can just go go online and just jump into a room and fight people like there's no real there's no real ranking system there's no real like putting mm. people in buck in terms of skill level so the first time i played i i thought i had like good enough pieces to compete or whatever but then like i jumped <laughs> to a multiplayer match and like it was literally it was literally watching a dragon ball z fight in front of me and i'm just like i guess i gotta oh, go in there and fight them and it's you were like, the, the main character <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I was like, "Oh shit, I am TN right now." <laughs> like I'm watching Goku Vegeta fight, and I'm just like, "There's no way." So you don't no see way. yourself playing this multiplayer long term than compared to uh, well, Gundam, do you? I don't know. I, I I think for sure I am probably in a better space to jump into multiplayer right now, mm-hmm. especially with the parts I have and the fact that I understand the game a lot more than what I did, what I thought I did before. So I haven't jumped into multiplayer, but I think like I'm probably going to start like messing around with that. Like because like right now I am I don't know, uh what, ten percent through new game plus. Yeah, new game plus. So mm-hmm. I I think I, I think I'll just probably jump into multiplayer now and just kinda Is there more story with New Game Plus? Yes. Thank you oh, for asking. Okay. So specifically one thing is that when you first play the game, you play a mission where you team up with two other ACs and you basically just storm this um, this base and you destroy these like radio reactive or whatever. And at the end, you fight an AC that is just kind of like, I just have to defend this thing, guys. Like, just why are you, why are you guys doing this, essentially? Mm-hmm. But um, in New Game Plus, you get halfway through that mission and then you get a you get a comms or like intercepted comms from the 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 base essentially that you are fighting and they're like hey we will pay you double if you if you kill the two uh acs that you are teamed up with (laughs) and it's just like 
I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Money. Money is money. So I turned, I turned uh, against the two ACs. The first time they beat me because I wasn't, I wasn't built for fighting ACs. Like I was simply, I had weapons to like destroy the, like the little grunts and stuff on the ground. So yeah, I came back and like, I fought them and beat them. I was just like, is that going to change other stuff? And like later on. So like that definitely kept me more engaged to play this game again. And like, I think new game plus plus there's even more changes that happen. So there's three endings in total. So I think as you play, you'll get the the two other endings. So oh, okay. it has me invested. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it is not on game trials. So oh. I can't play it until I come to your house. But you know what they do have? Lawn mowing simulator. Oh, snaps. That's it. It's over. Yeah, I've it's added over. it to my library. Anyway, go ahead. I'm talking <laughs> shit. All right. Uh, the last game I just want to talk about. Well, actually, yeah. So, Tears of the Kingdom. I finally beat Tears of the Kingdom. As much as I talk about Armor Core 6 and I love Armor Core 6, Tears of the Kingdom is looking like a solid, solid game of the year choice. Like, a game of the year, like, a winner. It, it mm. is... It is... It's amazing what the team has, the Nintendo team has done with this game, and that Link is a silent protagonist, and he says absolutely nothing. And it's just like having to rely on the other characters. Like they build cool moments of like, um, I don't. Is it? I don't want to spoil that either. Nah, I don't. I'm I'm gonna get it in like three years when the Switch Two comes out. Well, you'll forget this for sure. But anyways, like the last battle is like like one thing that I heard about like people talking about the end of the game is like they didn't necessarily like the fact that you don't really do any like building, like you're not using yeah. any of the Zonai stuff to like beat the the last thing. It's like I get it, but like they you also give a to. reason. Yeah, yeah, they also give a reason why you're not doing that, and it's like okay, that kind of makes sense, but like. The last, last battle is so, like, it is so, what's the word? Huh? Chef's kiss? Yes, yes, yes. Like, I, (laughs) the the last hit, like, because, like, Shereen was watching me play, and the last hit, like, you kind of hang there, and you have a chance to do kind of whatever you want to do. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make this special. So I, like, I did my little charge attack. And I was like, this is for everyone for Hyrule. And I like swung, but I didn't charge it up enough. So it didn't completely kill Ganondorf. And it was heartbreaking for me. It was heartbreaking for Shireen. It was heartbreaking for Link. Because we were like, oh, I guess we got to do this again. So I just hit him again and killed him. It was just like, oh. Even you though I messed hit him it up. With a thousand it years still, to death. I, I should have. I really should have. But yeah, like, yeah, it is just, it is such a great experience. Like, I, I think I've put probably probably 250 hours in that game wow yeah yeah i I think i need to check my clock but i I wouldn't be surprised if it was was around there uh and i haven't even done all the side missions so that game is huge again there's no need for dlc for that game like seriously there's there's a bunch of hidden stuff in that game there's a bunch of stuff you can do in that game you'll be good for a year plus um yeah so that's two games that i beat uh, the last thing I want to say is I started up uh, Baldur's Gate 3, so I'll be having some some stuff to say about that come next week. But yeah, that's it. We did it. Yeah, did it. All right. 
Uh, oh, I got a little burpee. Oh no, I got a little burpee cookie. Oh no. Oh wait, it's it's. Oh, oh. We'll see what happens. This has been an episode of the Press X Star Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this episode and much you enjoy making it. Don't forget, you can leave us a review on the podcast services you are currently listening on. Yes. Don't forget, you can like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. We greatly appreciate you doing all three things. Don't forget, you can join our conversations where people are calling us nerds because we like to talk about games in a timely manner. You can join our conversation at pressxm2start.com slash discord. So do that. And don't forget to play games because it's always there for you. Either rain, shine, thunderstorm, hurricane, tornado, flooding, games. They're always there. All right. Bye, guys.